Welcome to A Street in Lockdown. This podcast is an insight into the lives of people who live in and around one road and how the COVID-19 outbreak has affected them. I'm Jane Vickers and live in West Hove on the UK's south coast. Though neighbours, I'd never met most of the people taking part and because of the rules around social distancing, all the conversations you'll hear were virtual. I hope it's not too long until we can meet face to face. But in the meantime, this is a street in lockdown. My name is Cathy Watson. I'm 82 years of age and I live in St Leonard's Road, Hove. Um, I'm retired, of course, at my age. And um, I used to be a buyer for a medical company. One of the things I just wanted to start off by asking you is, give us an idea of your, you know, day in the life or a week of what your life was like before coronavirus hit us. Ah, (laughs) before coronavirus hit us, I was home only for about an hour during the day because I used to be busy in the mornings. I would either go into town and shop or I'd go and have coffee with someone. Um, I belong to the U3A, so we used to go on walks and go to see National Trust and shows and things like, you know, theatre. And um, in the afternoons, most afternoons, I would be on duty as a volunteer in a charity shop. So my life was very busy. I used to sort of stop halfway through the day just to have a bite to eat and then I'd be off again. What did you start to think? Because there was a kind of evidence, wasn't there? There was something in the air leading up to coronavirus. You kind of felt that it was bubbling and brewing ever since the beginning of the year, really. And it started to get more and more serious the more we went through February and into March, obviously. What, what, yeah. what was going through your head at that time? When did you start taking it seriously? What was that like for you? Yeah, I was a bit um, hesitant about taking it seriously. I was thinking, no, we're not going to be locked up. But um, I went right to the wire, I think, that, you know, I was still sort of getting on the bus and until they actually said, you know, you should stay at home. And then I did. I think because I was always used to being busy, I've been able to busy myself since the lockdown. In the back garden, we had what we called our little shrubbery. So we just cleared it all. And I started growing carrots and cabbages and um, rocket tomatoes. And I... I've put in lots of bulbs and they're coming along nicely. I made some little um, teepees for the garden peas to grow up, you know, just put some canes in a box and lace them together. Um, And I've found things like the front wall wanted painting. So I scrubbed that down and painted it, Um, painted the garden furniture. So you kept yourself really busy and found things to do around the house, keeping within the the constraints of lockdown, which, of course, is very restrictive. I think I found something to do every day. Mm. 
And when do you decide that? What, what, what is that something that you do first thing in the morning, or when when does that happen? No, first thing in the morning, I'm a bit slow, <laughs> <laughs> and I think, why hurry? You know, just take things easy and don't hurry because otherwise you're going to be, you know, looking for things to do later on in the day. So um, I don't really get going till about eleven o'clock. After several cups of coffee, I think just another cup of coffee and I'll go and do that. Just another cup. Yeah. So what did you what do you make of it all? Well, it's surreal really, isn't it? So I, it's it's difficult to explain how you feel. I I haven't felt down, which is good. I think the weather has helped. I think if the weather wasn't like it it is, we would be feeling a lot more miserable and really locked in, you know. But I still feel that I have some freedom and I make sure that I go for a walk every day. And how have you found that experience of going out for that one walk a day and how has that felt for you? Yeah, I don't, I don't really enjoy it. And I've, I've noticed that um, I'm not walking as far anymore. I think I just get bored with it because you're on, you know, walking on your own. Um, and there's no purpose to it, really, apart from exercising. Yeah. And there's also that being slightly on edge uh, that you've got to, you know, go by the whole two metre, keep to the whole two metre distance guidelines yes. and... So you're not really freely walking and you're watching out for the the obstacle that is another human being and trying to keep it two metres distance. It, it's, it's a feat, isn't it? Particularly if you've timed your walk just when everyone else is going out for their daily walk. I, I used to, I started, when I first started walking, I would walk on the seafront and then it got so busy that I found I was dodging people all the time. They were either running or on bikes or scooters, you know, and there's too many people walking along there. So now I keep to the road. I stay away from the sea. Mm. Which takes the whole enjoyment out of walking, doesn't it? Everything is slightly tainted in this world that we're in at the moment, I think. Yeah, and you can't you can't call on anyone because you're not allowed to. And I do pass people's houses, you know, that I, I know and think, oh, wouldn't it be nice to just pop in and say hello? But no, you can't do that. So you've turned to growing vegetables. <laughs> How, and there's been a shortage, hasn't there? I mean, that's one of the big things about what's happened. We saw that intense panic buying about, you know, in week one, well, week one minus yeah. one, didn't we? It's sort of panic buying and loo rolls, and then it became bottles of wine. I don't quite know what phase in panic buying mode we're in quite yet now in in week five, but I don't think there's a I don't think there's a panic now, is there? I don't know. I've just noticed that if I go to the shop, it's usually they've got everything. Yeah. It's definitely got better, hasn't it? I think flour and yeast and all that bed and um, bread baking type stuff is that's hard to get still. I think. 
But you didn't have any problem getting carrots and vegetables and things like that, did you? Or was or did you have them handily in your shed, ready to ready for this moment? My daughter anticipated this lockdown. Did she? So yes. So she had bought bulbs, seed trays, flower pot. Oh, there was so much garden stuff. A cloche and some shelving that you put the plant the trays on and then you put the cloche over it and um she bought all the seeds and when it was uh, mother's day she presented me with all this and said that will keep you busy oh how lovely what a lovely thing yeah she had anticipated what was going to happen and um thought that you know it was a good idea that i would be growing things mm. Tell me about your home situation then. You mentioned your daughter. Talk to me a little bit about what your living environment is and how that's working for you. Um, my daughter works from home. Well, she works in she works for um, Rwanda Aid. So half the year she's in Rwanda and half the year she's in. And she lives upstairs and I have the downstairs house um and of course she's working all day i don't really get to speak to her all day because i can't be interrupting you know her phone calls um and in the evening i mean we both i think because we both like to watch different things on television um i don't see her in the evening but I know she's there. You know, it's diff- It's there are lots of people that are really lonely because they have no one. And it's just knowing that she's there. I don't have to always be talking to her. What about other members of your family then that you might have seen before but you don't see now? Yes, my two sons live in London. And um, my daughter, and I've got grandchildren as well. Well, children, they're all in their 30s now. But um, Janice's two sons, my daughter's two sons, they live in, one lives in Hove and one lives in Brighton. So, yeah, we don't see them now. And they were regular visitors, especially mm. they were always, you know, trotting down here. A lot of the time I used to get on the train and go and see them anyway. So, so. Oh, really? Yeah. So what's that yeah. like? What's what's that like then, not doing that? Um, that's the worst bit of the whole thing, I think, is not being able to see your family. I can sort of get over not seeing um, acquaintances and people that I work with at charity shop, you know, not seeing them, I can get, but it's not seeing your family, that's the, the worst part. Hmm. And have you been doing video calls with them? Because I, I'm doing that with my parents. No, we haven't. We haven't. Uh, no, phone calls, but not video, no. Yeah. I mean, I think it does make a bit of a difference when you can see somebody, but even then afterwards, you feel it's a very, 
I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. Not not the real thing. <laughs> Almost <laughs> too close to the real thing that makes you want to have it more. Almost, yeah. I think. Yeah, maybe it's best that you don't see them. Talk to them, yes, but... Uh... Yeah. I remember when we spoke before we went into the recording that you mentioned you visited your sister as well. Yes, because she is housebound. You know, she, she can't get out anyway without assistance. So I would go on a Saturday and see her. Um, I th- and of course she really looked forward to it because she she has three daughters, but two of them live in France. Um, so, you know, I was the only relative that went to see her really. Oh, her grandchildren would go sometimes, but you know what they're like. They've got their own lives and they're a bit, you know. Doing their own thing. Yes, yeah, doing their own thing. And they've got children, you know, so. Um, so she, yeah, that's a bad one, really, because um, not being able to get there. I know we do speak on the on the phone, but I notice that she's she's not good, you know. Um, she is very um, artistic, and I did talk her into um, starting to paint again. And she actually um, went online and bought some paints um, because her paints were no good anymore. She hadn't used them for such a long time. And she has, and I spoke to her today and I said to her, and how's the painting coming along? And she said, oh yes, I'm, I'm doing well. I'm, I'm painting. But I do worry about her. I worry more yeah. about her than I do, <laughs> I do my children really because she, yes. She can't cope on her own. Do you feel that you've changed because of this? Hmm. No, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think it's changed me. I think I found out more about myself than I, you know, that I, than I knew. I didn't, I know that, um, I'm good with my own company. Um, that I don't, I don't, I don't feel miserable, and I don't feel down. And I hear lots of people saying, you know, I have friends that ring me and they say, oh, it's awful, you know. Oh, some days I can't bear it. I've got, you know, I feel so down. And I haven't felt like that. And I've dis- I've discovered that I'm. I'm quite an upbeat person, really, and I didn't know I was. I just thought, you know, I just used to go about my day, leave things, and that was me. That's quite liberating, isn't it, to find out that you don't need to busy yourself. You're quite resourceful when you're on your own. I I, I think that's quite a nice thing to realise. I did think it was going to be dreadful. You know, I, I thought, God, I'm so, you know, always busy. This is going to be awful. Um, but I haven't found it so. I have, when I've been out for a walk and I've seen the bus going into town, I've been thinking, hmm, maybe I could jump on that and go into town, but I know I mustn't. Yeah. Are you worried about getting it? No. 
I don't know why. I, I don't know why, but it, it doesn't... I don't feel frightened at all. Lots of people have told me they feel really frightened. And I have a friend in the next street and she is absolutely terrified. And she won't even walk on the pavement. She walks up in the middle of the road because she can't, you know, meet anyone then. She walks up the middle of the road. Um, no, I'm not frightened at all. But you follow all the guidance, you're washing your hands, you're doing all of that, but you're not living in fear. No. Yeah, yeah, I am I'm doing what, what I'm told. <laughs> and um, yes, but I don't... I don't live in fear of it at all. Oh. Yeah. Well, what do you think the first thing that you'll do when things start to relax a bit, assuming that everything just goes back to people being able to just do what they want again? What are you going to be at the bus going into Brighton, I suppose? Is that, is that what you're going to do or is there something else that you'll do? No, I'll probably be on the bus and I'll be looking forward to, I know that my family from London will be straight down to see us so I'll be looking forward to that and yeah and I I shall feel really free when I can just jump on the bus when I like yeah and are there parts of what you've been experiencing during lockdown that you want to hold on to that you didn't have before mm-hmm That's a. I don't. I. I have. Yeah, I have liked um, doing lots of things around the house and the garden, which I didn't. I've always kept the garden okay, but um, I've been growing vegetables. Um, I would like to. I have thought that maybe I spend too much time at the charity shop and there are other things that I could be doing that I enjoy doing. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, because I do, I, you know, I go around there every afternoon. I don't go on Saturdays, but I go around there every afternoon. Um, and I think hmm, maybe that's too much time to be doing that one thing when I could probably use that time doing other things. Hmm. There was um, one other thing that I'm I'm going to do as soon as this is over, and I'm going to meet a lady who I call my COVID buddy. Oh, this is interesting. What's that about? Well, we have a mutual friend, and this friend of mine um, rang me, and she said, that she has this friend who's the same age as me and she is very lonely. She's on her own and she's shut in, you know, and it's a flat, which is not the same, is it, when you can't get out in a garden? No. And she said, um, would you mind giving her a ring? I've told her about you, she said, and I think you two would get on really well together. Would you mind giving her a ring? So I said, oh, that's okay. So we exchange telephone numbers and we speak a couple of times a week. Um, and she does sound a really nice lady. And when I went for a walk one day, I was passing 
where I thought her flat was. She described to me whereabouts she lives. And I thought, oh, I'll give Margaret a ring and see if she can wave to me. So I rang her and she said, oh, I'll come out on the balcony. So she came out on the balcony and we had a conversation. So I'm, we're going to go for something to eat together when this is all over. Oh, that's fantastic. So through, the, through COVID, I've made another friend. How lovely. That's a lovely story. And that must be so difficult for people. I mean, we talk about the inconveniences, don't we, about our lives. And ultimately, there are people who are really suffering, whether, you know, there's the suffering of losing your job and your financial income to the suffering of much more serious, devastating suffering of losing a loved one or indeed your own health and suffering and, you know, the ultimate, obviously. Um, what are you, is that on your mind? I mean, do you, do you think all of your, the reason why you've, you're so positive, I suppose, is it, is it, is it because actually what you're experiencing isn't as bad as what some other, um, the, the experience of others? I mean, is, is there anything going on there, do you think? Probably, yes. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't feel like we're um, in danger at all. I don't know why, because we are, we're all in danger of this thing, you know, any one of us can get it, but for some reason I don't feel that I'm in danger. Mm. Are you connected though with, because one of the things that I'm trying not to do is, is read too much about the loss and the heartache. Yeah. It's, it's you know, and I, I I don't know whether that's a bad thing or a good thing. No, I can't. Um, I'm not, I'm not good at um, watching those sort of things about seeing you know such young people dying as well. And I feel more um, afraid, if I'm going to be afraid at all, that it would be one of my family. I do worry about, you know, they live in London and it is bad in London. Um, I suppose it's because the population is denser, isn't it, than our population. Um, and I, that's one, that's my one worry that uh, one of my family, I think my, my granddaughter has had it. Well, my grandson, I've got a grandson who works at Hayward's Heath Hospital and his girlfriend works at the Sussex and they both had the virus and got over it. Um, and then my granddaughter, who was a nurse in London, she's had it as well. For sure. They've been tested and everything. My grandson, who works at Hayward's Heath, he was tested and yeah and they got over it and they're back they're all back at work and so it has been in the family but they've survived yeah and just finally i suppose i just wanted to ask you kathy about what do you think what your hopes are 
for what we might learn from all of this or how we as a society might change and think differently. Have you thought about that at all? I have um, I, I have been quite um, disgusted with um, the way people behaved when the, the, you know, the shortages were about and the greed of some people. Um, that really disappointed me to think that I, I saw some terrible things in Tesco, you know, with these people grabbing at things and one woman knocked me out of the way to get to something I was about to pick up and that sort of thing. Um, I don't, I don't think that, see, you, it's not like there's been a war and after the, everyone was in the same position, you know, when the war was on and we were all in the same, everyone was the same, whether they were rich or poor or they were all the same. And that did um, change people. And well, I don't know if they changed them, but the people then were very good to one another helped one another and um, wouldn't see anyone go hungry. But I don't think today that it's the same. Um, of course, there are a lot of good people around and there's people in our street that have been, you know, making sure that others are okay. Um, I don't think, I don't think anything will change. I think we just go back to, I imagine that we just go back to how we were. That's interesting, isn't it? And only time will tell. Yeah, only time will tell. Well, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much. Um, it's really good to hear your perspective and a really positive outlook on how things are as well, you know, and your own attitude and the way you've coped is... It's a real inspiration, I think, for someone so busy to turn it all around and just find something to do within your four walls and in your garden. It's, it's really good. OK, you're welcome. And we will meet one day. Yes, no, definitely. We will. Absolutely. I look forward to it. <laughs> okay. Thanks for listening to A Street in Lockdown. For more stories go to a streetinlockdown.co.uk